Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Um, Shay and I are each sitting in our individual little home offices in a little um, fortress of pillows today, (laughs) trying to work on optimizing our sound quality. Um, So I'm just very amused by the fact that Shay is like peering at me through her (laughs) webcam over like this little tower of pillows. (laughs) So... Hi Shay, welcome to our show. <laughs> Thanks Anna and hi from the port- the Fortress of Pillows. <laughs> I'm glad you gave people that um, visual cue of how we're all um, hiding behind our pillows here. Um, but today we are having just a catch-up chat. We don't have anything that is necessarily scripted or planned. Um, nothing that we share is scripted here, but often we have a kind of through line or a thread line of where we want to take the show. But today we are just going to have a very open discussion. Anna, um, I know you've been dealing with some health challenges, some things that you've been working on and working through. I've been teaching in the past couple of weeks in my yoga classes about this idea of us always kind of having these thoughts that come up and come up and it's about noticing and allowing ourselves to detach from those things in order to get ourselves out of this washing machine of low feeling, low vibe, um, low state, which I think is probably what you've been experiencing quite a lot of in your struggles with your health lately. So do you want to maybe share about your journey so far and when it started and what you noticed about your energies and your journey so far? 
Yeah, so I'd love to. And I think before I dive into the the details, also just to say that I guess we've touched on this a little bit in previous shows and I've talked about some of the things I'm, I was, I've been doing. And I just thought it would be nice to kind of put things into context and put things into perspective because sometimes, and I think this is what I noticed in myself, is that a lot of the symptoms I've been having, I've been having for a long time. And what I would say is that the frequency and the intensity of them has just increased very gradually, almost to a certain extent, not noticeably because it's been so subtle until I woke up one day and I was like, no, seriously, something is not right. And I think this can happen to a lot of people is life is busy. We've got other priorities. There's other things going on. And we kind of just take some of these little niggles as normal. Like, yeah, no, but everybody feels tired sometime or everybody's stomach doesn't always digest so well, or everybody gets PMS and has to take painkillers at this time of the month or whatever it might be. And we kind of just pass that off as a norm. And if we're not really listening to these signals and cues that our body is giving us, and they're there for a reason that, you know, sometimes things can get worse and worse and worse and eventually um, it can become quite extreme. So I thought it'd be helpful just to backtrack and to say that, as I said already, is that some of these symptoms that I've been experiencing started about two and a half years ago. And I actually remember because I used to be this person who would go to the gym like five days a week, waking up every morning, hitting the gym, doing my hill sprints and being really active. And I was still doing some yoga and some meditation, but that was like other stuff on the side. My main focus was like my gym work and my working out. And I remember at the end of 2016, it got to this point where I was just like, I just don't feel like I'm, I've just lost my mojo. And I even remember posting about it on Instagram and you, Shay, were like, do you think that you could be pregnant? <laughs> there was this all this like joke because we were running our first retreat in Bali. Is there going to be a Bali baby? And <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But that's actually when it all began. But prior to that, if I think about what had happened, like that year, 2016, was the year that Ben and I got married, which is, of course, like a really, really lovely time. But it was also a very hectic time. It was quite stressful, like getting ready for the wedding and organizing the wedding, which was in South Africa. And I was in the UK, which meant that a lot of things were left to the last minute and we could only do them once we were there. And then I was also doing a lot of international long haul travel in different time zones for various courses and various reasons, all of which takes its toll on your body. And then in addition to that, (laughs) I went away for like a course and then I came home and Ben had decided that we're buying a house. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Are we going to buy a house? And I was like, okay, well, fine. And then we were looking at houses and spending our weekends looking at houses and obviously worrying about the financial side side of things and and then obviously moving house and 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 that is also a big stress in itself so you can kind of see like now from the position I'm in I'm kind of looking back and I'm starting to build up this little timeline of things all these little things that happened along the way and if I backtrack even further the year before 2015 I was also experiencing
experiencing some digestive issues and I ran some tests and didn't really resolve anything. And then they kind of got better, but not great. And I just kind of ignored it and, and carried on. And then there were also times when my hormones had got like really, really out of whack and I was experiencing very, very intense period pains. And you kind of just get on with things because that's what you do. So this is actually the process that I, I use with a lot of my clients is when they first come and see me, we, we actually talk about their timeline. We talk about the timeline of their life from you know when they were in their mother's belly all the way through until where they are currently. Because if you start to plot all these little things, all these little niggles, all these little big and small life events on a line, you can start to see that there's a bit of a pattern building. I guess for myself, like I can kind of see like, okay, that's that's maybe where things really started to kick off and that's where everything began. But then much more recently, what's been happening is these symptoms have been getting worse and worse. And I've done in the past some stool tests. I've done the elimination diet and the 5R protocol that we've talked about previously on the show. It's in the gut reset and you've also done the gut reset. So we've talked about that a lot in the past. I've done like hormonal tests. I've kind of just over the years been testing more, tweaking more, making little changes here, making little changes there, changing my lifestyle, slowing down, not working so hard. And so what has become so frustrating is I feel like I'm doing all the right things. I've done my gut reset. I've looked at my hormones. I've doing my meditation. I'm doing my yoga. I'm now doing my cold showers and all these different things. And like, why do I still feel like worse and worse, even as time goes on? And I had a call last week with um, Lacey Chittle, who is a functional medicine practitioner. She's based in the US and we've interviewed her previously on the show. So you can always go back and listen to her episode because it's very, she's very inspirational in terms of her personal story. And it's been so, because I thought I could do this all myself. And I thought that I should be able to like work out like how to fix an in inverted commas myself. And it was actually just such an incredible process to ask for help. And that's something that I've had to learn how to do. I've had to learn how to ask Ben for more help and just be like, look, I'm not just tired. Like um, there's something not right. And I, I just need you to support me. We had a conversation as well, Shay. And it was just after we'd recorded a podcast. And I think you just asked me like, one or two questions and just having that outsider ask me something and having to actually verbalize my thoughts as opposed to just keep them in my head where I can pretend they're not really there. It was actually really, really incredibly powerful. So I don't know if you remembered what you asked me. I said, what do you get from staying attached to your gym was one of the questions. I can't remember the other one, but I remember asking that. Yeah. And the conversation we're having is because I was so tired, but I was still trying to like hold on to the gym and exercising, even though I could kind of, I kind of identified that it was stressing my body out and exacerbating my symptoms, but I couldn't let it go. And I was constantly negotiating with myself and being like, okay, but I'm going to go, but I'm just going to do two days a week, or I'm going to go and I'm just going to do it like this, or I'm just going to do it like that. And I was really just like, I, I think in my heart, like if I had really asked my inner voice, like, do you just need to stop going to the gym? The answer was yes. But 
it, like there was my, the mind in me was like trying to like rationalize, create this dialogue, justify to hold on to something that used to be there. And then you asked me that question and you said, look, what do you get? And I said, you know, I, I love the feeling of feeling strong. And then I think it was, it was talking about, I can't remember, I actually can't remember the next question that you asked, but it was very much about this fear of like what would happen to my body if I wasn't strong and athletic and muscular. And I guess eventually I kind of realized that like, what's the point in being that way if you feel like crap, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There's no point in holding on to it, but it's something that I think I knew in my heart, but I hadn't been able to actually like verbalize and bring into reality because I needed that external support, that external sounding board, which was you in that moment. And it was literally like two questions. And then the next day I was like, I'm not going to the gym anymore. And you were like, yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember saying to you that, you know, there's other ways that we can show up as strong and it doesn't have to be based on our muscles or our core or our six pack or whatever, but we can be strong in our bodies in other ways and we can be strong in our hearts and we can lead from a different place. So yeah, I think, I think for you, especially like it's, it's must be so challenging because it is such a big part of your identity. And I think that's the most challenging thing is to shift from that identity. And it's something that we speak about all the time. And, and funny enough, it's something that um, we both help people guide people through and you, especially through this journey of, of people have to change their identities in order to take on new health um, challenges and, you know, rise up to the next challenge. And that's something that you are going through now very much trying to move away from, from pain to a new place. So how has your journey looked now having let go of some of that gym? Yeah. So I think then after that, it was, it actually got a little bit harder before it got better. And I think because it was just this like acknowledgement that it was an addiction and then almost, oh, I can actually even feel the emotion coming up as I'm talking, but I'm almost feeling some shame around that. And I know that the secret to shame is to share. So this in itself is actually incredibly therapeutic right now, but shame because I always um, paint this picture of having everything together and having this like balanced life and this healthy life. And, you know, exercise addiction is, is not a healthy thing. And just realizing that that's probably what it was. It was like this addiction because going to the gym and working out and having muscles and all of this stuff is, was very much part of my identity for probably like the past decade, if not longer. And then letting that go was, yeah, it almost felt quite emotional because then it was, I think also there's this change in your body's biochemistry. Like when you stop working out in a certain way, when you've been doing that, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year, there's something that shifts internally. And, you know, I, I obviously don't, I didn't measure anything, so I can't say, but I would assume that there would be a change in some of the neurotransmitters, some of the feel-good hormones as you're recalibrating and re refinding that balance, almost like as an addict goes through a withdrawal, there's this internal change in the body. So I kind of felt like I crashed a little bit more after that because perhaps of those changes. And then kind of just really made peace with it now. And well, watch the space. I'm sure there'll be another update coming soon. 
But then the next piece of the puzzle was actually getting help from Lacey, which was to have an outsider look at my case, so to speak, because we all have our blind spots. And I remember after I decided to quit the gym and then I was feeling worse, just messaging Lacey. And we'd kind of just been on and off, like chatting every now and again. And she'd always said like, you know, if you want any help, I'll help you, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I was like, okay, it's time. I'm ready. And booked in with her and I said to her, I'm sure I'm doing a lot of things right, but I know I have my blind spots. And probably the most interesting thing that came out of that conversation was what she said to me was I sent her my stool tests from, uh, I think I did them in 2017. So beginning of 2017 and mid 2017, which was, it's about two years ago now. And I kind of thought I've done my gut work. It's done. (laughs) I do not need to look at my guts. And the very, very first thing she said to me was, I think you've still got a problem with your gut. And even though I don't really think I have any GI symptoms her take on it was you've had some infections in the past and maybe you think you've cleared them, but you actually haven't. And it's the tests just haven't picked up on some things. And so it's kind of like you, you think that you do the work and then you're sorted and then it's all good. But um, she seemed to think that maybe there's still some infections there and that's setting off my immune system because when there's an energetic challenge, there can be competition between the immune system and the metabolic system. And if the immune system is active, it's taking control of the energy, which can leave you to feel like there's not enough energy for your brain and for your body. So that's been really interesting. And then reflecting more and more on my health history, I had a crazy amount of antibiotics as a child, like super, super crazy. And I remember that um, my dad telling me a story of my one doctor was sick. And then they took me to a different doctor who looked at my file, who was just like, whoa, like what, what is going on here? Why has Anna had so many antibiotics? So maybe there's a little bit of malpractice going on there, but it was like the 80s in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Dish um, out the pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it was just that kind of that some that was kind of like the re, the reaction of the time. I had a lot of um, ear problems. I had um, inflammation of my kidneys when I was younger. So, yeah, I had a lot of antibiotics, and I think that's that's kind of predisposed me to a lot of imbalances from a very young age. And we usually say before the age of ten, there's quite a significant time in which we kind of prime our system and our immune system for um, epigenetic changes, so changes in the expression of genes. And, and that was when I had had that period of intense antibiotics. So I can even kind of see like now trends, like when I, even going back prior to this, these two and a half years ago, when I first moved to London, also just maybe having like an occasional day every now and again on the weekend when I'd have a great night's sleep, but then wake up and feel really like foggy and inflamed and low in energy. And so you kind of can see how these things are smoldering underneath the surface but if you have no awareness of it you just kind of think oh yeah I'm just feeling a bit off today or whatever but I can kind of see now the patterns on how this has kind of escalated over time so 
where I'm at now with everything is just taking on some of the advice that uh, Lacey gave me, which is to go on some very, very high dose probiotics. She did suggest to do another stool test, but then over Easter weekend, we had to have our boiler replaced. So they kind of cut the stool test budget. (laughs) So that will be something that I'll probably just explore um, maybe in a couple of months time when I just see how the current changes are working. So that's the main thing is just continue to support the gut, high-dose probiotics, and um, obviously everything else that I'm doing already with, in terms of like the self-care practices that we've, we've talked about previously on the show. But then she's also suggested to go on a low-carb, high-fat, moderate-protein diet which has been a really, really big change for me because when I was doing a lot of weightlifting, which is glycolytic work, I was typically eating actually towards the lower lower end of the spectrum in terms of fats and higher end of the spectrum in terms of carbs and fairly high protein too. So it's completely changed the way that I have to eat. And initially I had some anxiety about it and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this but I can do it. I just had to like plan and get organized and just wrap my head around everything. So it's really been interesting being the client for a change. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes I've, I've asked clients to do a similar approach and they've also freaked out. And so now I can completely like be in their shoes. But I must say that I thought it would be really hard, but actually I've always said how much I love fatty foods. So like I love avocados, I love olive oil, I love eating nuts and seeds. I love oily fish. So I'm getting to eat a whole bunch of the foods that I I do actually really enjoy. The only thing I'm missing is chocolate. There's not a lot of flexibility to have very much sugar. So my chocolate consumption has been, because we've got a lot of chocolates over Easter, Ben has eaten all of his chocolates. <laughs> I've, I'm just like having one little like 10 gram chocolate a day and that is my ration. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring and helping hundreds of women and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over 100 pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28-day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, 
screenshot the review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget. And then your yoga nidra practice will do be on its way. Do you think that it's more challenging or more difficult to get help in the field of knowledge and expertise that you are currently already in? Yeah, I think it's just like letting go of the idea that like I can do it all myself. I know what I'm doing. Mm. And um, we've spoken previously about like staying curious and staying open on the show. And it's being open to the fact that you don't know everything. I think that's such a hard thing as well is because, you know, the clients that come to you, you want them to know that you do know everything and you do mm. help them so much. But it's it's that vulnerability to be like, you know, actually I do have blind spots. And especially when it's yourself, I think like, we are the easiest people to convince of anything, you know, if we don't want to do something, Oh, I just do it tomorrow. You know, we can convince ourselves of anything, but when we've got that external accountability, it can really, I think, change things for us. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I must say though, I'm such a good client. Like, <laughs> I'm, um, Lacey's also got me like, like measuring my blood sugar after my meals and like, I've got my spreadsheets. I'm <laughs> of course you do. I'm sending like, I'm sending everything to her. Like, this is like what I ask my clients to do. And some clients are better at it than others. So like, I'm a super awesome client. So <laughs> if somebody, if somebody tells me what to do, then and I'm invested, then I'm all in. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been interesting tracking that data. I think for me though, what I feel like is like people must be seeing like what I'm posting on social media and being like, oh my gosh, is this person ever going to get well? <laughs> because <laughs> like, I feel like this has been going on a really long time and, and I'll be honest with like, it totally has. And there is maybe a little bit of self-doubt and like, oh, well, maybe people just think that I don't know what I'm doing because I can't help myself. But sometimes sometimes things are complex and sometimes we do need, we do need help outside of us. And, and maybe that's something I should have asked for sooner. Mm. Why do you think it's so hard for us to ask for help? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I don't know. I think definitely w- w- at least within my personality, I've always felt like I have to be the strong one. Like, I th- um, oh, actually this is a really nice thing. One of the things I've been working on with my clients is we've been looking at the, our, the different personalities that we have. So we talk a lot about identity and we have talked about identity on the show, but we do have an identity, but our identity is often little like puzzle pieces of a collection of smaller identities and sometimes, you know, these, if you think of it as a puzzle, like some of these puzzle pieces are really big and chunky and take up a lot of space. And some of these puzzle pieces are small and just a little bit and overlap with others. So I've been looking at this with my clients, looking at what different types of identities do they have? And actually wrote down a list. I've got, got my list here from my desk covered in blood from monitoring my blood sugar. But... <laughs> So like, as an example, I wrote down the coach, the child, the nurturer, the strong one, the machine, the empath, the yogi, the tempo, the introvert, the goofy one, the shy one, the teacher, the daughter, the sister, the good girl, the warrior, the judge, the achiever, the leader, the lazy one, the pleaser. And I'm sure there's more, but that's just an example. And so, you know, as I said, some of these identities can be bigger 
and some of them can just be very small parts of us. And it's usually the ones that are really big and dominant are the hardest ones for us to change because if you just imagine taking that part of you away, then you just have a big empty space. So it means that some of these other identities have to grow bigger so that the other one can grow smaller. And so for me specifically, I think the strong one is quite a big part of who I am. So to be someone who is a little bit more vulnerable, like the child, the strong one really, really has to take a big step back so that the child can be vulnerable and ask for the help, the love and support and the care that it needs. Mm. Brené Brown has got such an interesting um, show on Netflix and we've spoken about her, her works many times on the show, but linking with this idea of strength and vulnerability, like she goes and explains how they are actually the same thing. So if you think about vulnerability, how she defines it is there's risk involved, there's uncertainty. And there's one other adjective that I can't actually remember, but then she just finds, um, she asks people to think about someone that they know who's done a very courageous thing. She said that action that they took, was there risk involved? Was there uncertainty involved? And there's a, a third one. And there's no courageous action that does not have those three elements in it. And those are the same three elements that characterize and classify what vulnerability is. So this ability to be able to ask for help, to be vulnerable, to say, please, someone help me, is actually a very big act of courage and strength. So I think that they're not separate. I think it's just how we can broaden our lens and see it in a different way. Yeah, it's re reframing the belief mm. system. Mm. So creating, if my belief is, oh, if you ask for help, I'm weak, which is then a conflicting belief for the strong one. The strong one can change her belief to asking for help is courageous and strong. Mm. Mm. So where now do you think you are in this? Do you think that you're still in the middle messy bit or are you kind of out the other side? I'm very much in the middle messy bit. Um, in, today is a good day and I'm, I'm using a little mantra, which is I feel better and better every day. And I actually went for like a, a walk to the beach this morning and then there's this like steep hill to come back up. And I was like marching up the hill because that's the extent of my exercise at the moment. And I was like, I feel better and better every day. I feel better and better every day. So I think there's a, there's a huge part of like positive self-talk in there. But until like my energy consistently is where I want it to be, I don't feel that I will fully, I'll, I'll fully be well, but it's a case of, well, make these changes, see if they help, if they work. And if they don't, then it's like, well, what's the next thing you need to look at? And I sort of said to myself yesterday, you know, this has been going on for two and a half years, probably longer, but noticeably for two and a half years, I can't expect to feel better in a week or two weeks. Even I said, realistically, you probably got to give yourself just as much time to get well. So I think just giving myself the space to now think I'm giving myself two years, it's, it takes a lot of the pressure off actually. Mm. And although two years can maybe for some people sound like very daunting, I don't really have a choice, <laughs> you know, like what else are you going to do? So I think it's just giving myself permission to be patient and I don't do patience very well. So mm. it's, a, it's a good learning curve. So here's a question for you. If you say that you're waiting to get your energy back, are you comparing that to what level of or what level of energy are you comparing that to in a previous time in your life? 
So for me, I think it's just about functionality. Like I would like to be able to have days like where I'm at the moment is some days I do the bare minimum I have to do for work. So if I have client calls, I take them. If there's admin that needs to be taken care of, I, I do that. But then I may just go lie on my bed for two hours and just close my eyes and have a little nap, read a book, breathe. And that's all I feel that I want to do that day. So I think to the want to do or have the energy to do. Ah, well, one to do because of the energy I have. Okay. Yeah. So I think the first objective is to consistently have days, like consecutive days, maybe consecutive weeks, where I don't feel that I have to just spend a large amount of time lying down and resting. So just have the functionality to work. Doesn't mean I have to work loads, but to complete a day's work and not feel like I'm just trying to get through it. And to, I would like to be able to lift weights again, but I'd be happy with twice a week. And, you know, I know that making these changes is helping me to spend more time doing meditation, spend more time doing yoga. And I think I'm going to, well, I am already enjoying having that time, having that slower pace, not feeling like I have to wake up in the morning, rush off to the gym. I'm liking that. So I don't think I need to be back where I was in like 2015, like working out really hard and, you know, five days a week or whatever it is. But I think to like have the energy to live a fairly balanced life to, at the moment, it's even like, I don't want to make plans because I'm not sure how I'm going to feel on the day. And then I don't want to let people down by having to cancel at the last minute. So just feeling like I have the confidence to commit to things and not have a worry or concern about how I'm going to feel. Yeah, there's so much that's tied to our sense of energy, isn't it? Like, you know, as, as you say, like, it's, it's so much more than just feeling low or feeling like you want to lie on your bed. Like, there's so much else that comes into it in terms of how we relate to other people and how we relate to ourselves. Yeah. And I think the, the worrying thing for me, because I know that you've been working on these worrying thoughts, is I think it's just like this worry, like falling into this negative pattern of like, am I ever going to get better? Like, is this my life? Like, you know, sometimes when I am feeling particularly down on myself, I do think like, do I just need to like give up work? And then like, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay the bills? So you can go down this like really, really sticky track of just negative thinking. And I've been, I'm really grateful that I am quite aware of that. And I've been using these mantras and using my meditation to affirm myself positively. But, but there have been times when I've just like cried because I've just like felt so low. Oh, I wish I could give you a hug, <laughs> virtual hug. Yeah, I think it's it's something that is so is so hard to manage because you know once you're in that never-ending cycle, it can just feel like it just is overwhelming. And I think sometimes it's good to get that feeling out. Like, and sometimes it processes through emotions. Sometimes it processes through crying or stamping or you know even sleeping or resting or whatever it is you need to let that move through the body somehow. But, you know, I've been explaining over this past week of, you know, you have these thoughts or these things that come up and it can feel like you're in a washing machine. You just kind of go round and round and round and round with these really horrible thoughts that can almost overwhelm you and feel like it's just pulling you down and it's very hard to get out of it. So luckily, like you have the first step, which is being able to be aware of it. So that's the first step is notice it. And I think 
what people do is that they notice it and then they quickly try to move on to the next step. But the first step after noticing it is to just congratulate yourself for being aware enough to notice that you're in the washing machine of negative downpours. So, you know, having that opportunity to notice it. Then the next thing is to be able to step back from it. So detach from it. So for me, that is the idea of being able to push the button on the washing machine just to stop it. Like that's your first thing of, of, of noticing it. You know, you stop it, you push the stop on the washing machine, you stop everything. And being able to get out of the thought is like climbing out of the washing machine. It's still there. You can still very much be next to it and near it. And it's, it's close by you, but you can almost just feel like you're next to it, not in it. And then the third thing is to be able to move away to something that's more positive. So for you, you've chosen your mantras, you've chosen your affirmations. If you're choosing a mantra on affirmation, it has to be something that is really connected to your belief system because having an affirmation that's just something superficial that you're just saying over and over without having the actual belief system that's connected to it is just kind of laying something over the problem rather than actually going deep into the problem, but you can always find something that is good or positive that you can move towards. So, you know, that's why gratitude lists are so powerful and so important. So if you've got a list of things that you're grateful for, like you can return back to that list and there it is. Or if it's something that you're finding difficult to be grateful for today, you can always come back to your breath because every breath in and breath out is something to be grateful for. It gives you that spaciousness. It gives you that that pause, that peace. And then the fourth thing is, is trying to stay committed to being open and receptive to that new positive flow of energy or being being able to stay in that new positive place. So you've you've hit stop on your washing machine, you've climbed out the washing machine, uh, maybe you're standing next to it for a while, but can you then walk over to something that's a little bit more positive and can you try and keep yourself in that positive place? And you have to really make a commitment to stay there, even if it's really hard, because that washing machine is really warm and bubbly inside. And sometimes it's quite, even though it's, it's causing us a lot of trauma as we're going round and round and bashing our heads again and again and again, it's against the, against the walls of the, the tub. But there's something that's quite cozy about that warm, bubbly water that we can kind of just stew in. So I think, yeah, if we have those very clear steps that we can take, we can, we can work ourselves along that path, even though it is really challenging. Yeah, and I was just thinking, would you add to that with the first step is that awareness that also it is kind of normal to sometimes like go backwards and forwards between steps because Mm. I would say like I think I'm quite good at the awareness and then getting out of the washing machine and then finding that new kind of like positive vibe and being receptive to it. But then maintaining it sometimes can be really hard. And like sometimes I'll sit in my meditations and I'll feel really connected and really lovely and it's my heart is really open and it's really wonderful. And then sometimes I'll just feel really blocked and disconnected and it's hard to sit there. And what I've been allowing myself to do is just give myself permission to be where I am. So Mm. it's fine. Just sit. If your head is busy, just let it be busy and just sit. And so, I mean, what would you say is helpful for people who find themselves like maybe constantly clambering back in the washing machine yeah yeah I think I think that's that's exactly what you said is having this compassion for yourself like that's why you know if you notice it if that's all that you're able to do is just notice the thought then give yourself credit for that well done like you've noticed that you're thinking about this and your mind straight away might go right back into the washing machine 
Okay, that's fine. That be where that is. You're in the washing machine. You notice it again. Okay, I've noticed this again. Well done for noticing it. You've done well. You've done well to notice it. Um, back in the washing machine, around and around, and we go, okay, you've done well to notice it, notice it. So you may even just go back between getting in the washing machine and just noticing it. But the more you practice that, the more you're able to create more space between that dark place and that awareness of it. And the greater that space, then the more easy it is for you to be able to step out of that a little bit more so find that that space between it that detachment from it which is it's super hard and it's 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 much easier to say it than to actually do it because often we're not aware of what's going on in our minds which is why practices like meditation why yoga why it's so important for us not just for a physical thing but for the mental side of it yeah and actually something i've been mentioning to my clients recently is that a lot of these these old programs are, are unconscious. So it's the, maybe the, the tendency to think a little bit negatively or the tendency to have disempowering thoughts or um, the tendency to let things get all caught up in your head and not make the time to process. It's very unconscious. And so what we have to do really is be very conscious about the behaviors that we do want to cultivate. And that's why I think making habits or having a ritual of just taking that time each day to sit with yourself, whether it's like for five minutes or 50 minutes or however long, because if you're just waiting until you feel awful because your mind is so busy and then you're sitting down to process, it's going to be a lot harder than if it's something that you work on a little bit each day. I think that's very true. I was just thinking, as you were saying, what would be so amazing when you get yourself into a funk is to have all the people in your very close quarters, like your, your real high vibe people, if they recorded a voice recording of all like the positive, cool things that they love and feel connected to you about and just kind of tell you, remind you the person that you are and how awesome you are. Imagine if you had a little voice recording of all these cool people like telling you like some high vibe things and then you just feel like you could play it. <laughs> when I, you was, need it. I would probably end up just crying even more. <laughs> well, then that's, what you're, that, then that's what you need. So that's, I think True. whatever expression itself like that's what you need and maybe maybe Anna you just need to have a big old fat cry <laughs> <laughs> don't worry there's been a few of those happening yeah. <laughs> yeah the other thing actually I was just thinking about mentioning is that sometimes when you are making a lot of these changes to your health to help your health that can actually further increase your stress levels. I think the more you you focus on your health and then you're like, for me, like I'm trying to do the diet right. I'm trying to take all the supplements at the right time and then take the blood sugar measurements at the right time. It's like obviously a time right now of like a lot of data collecting. It can actually make you feel even more anxious and even more stressed about everything. And this is coming from the data queen herself. Yeah, so this is from somebody who loves data. <laughs> I completely understand like for other people, especially when they're also then worried that they're doing it correctly because it doesn't come second nature to them or they don't have the physiological understanding that I do, then I can understand it would be even more stressful. So just for anybody who's experiencing any chronic health issues, like I really feel you. And I think that that compassion for yourself that you talked about, Shay, and I love this washing machine analogy and just like noticing when you're getting yourself all spun up about all the things that you should be doing, even if they're positive things, because sometimes it's, a, sometimes you just need to take a step back as well. 
Yeah. Enabling you to see things more from a client perspective. Yeah. And maybe you're going to have a client that has really been suffering for a long time and you can really sit with them and hold their hand and be like, you know what? I've actually been there. So. Yeah, I really do believe that's true. And I shared this on my Facebook this morning is like, I think I haven't been so honest with people about what's been going on with me. And it's not that I've been dishonest. I've just been sort of like omitting information because I didn't want to be negative and I don't want to be like the, oh, woe is me. I'm not looking for sympathy from anyone. That's really not what any, what all of this is about. This is very much about like just authentically sharing my story so that other people can hear it and hopefully get something that will empower them with whatever they're facing right now. Yeah. I think it's always valuable to share our stories. So thank you for sharing yours today. Oh, thank you for sharing your washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Hit that stop button. <laughs> Climb out. Yeah, stop getting spun around and looking at the bubbles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anything else you want to share on that? No, I mean, I, I feel like there's so much I could have said, and I, I hope I've said enough of the things that I wanted to say, but it's been a bit of a journey, and it's. Um, I'm just happy that I felt like for we were going to maybe do this last week, and I was like, I just don't think I'm in a place where I can share, and I'm just grateful actually to be in a place where I can share about it today oh good well thank you so much for sharing my pleasure see you all next week bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today please leave a five-star review on stitcher or itunes don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. 
Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.